section forty two of the inheritance by susan edmonstoun ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter eight how convenient it proves to be a rational animal who knows how to find or invent a plausible pretext for whatever it has an inclination to do franklin my dear miss black this is really too much now don't let me disturb you but what do you think i've got into a fine scrape thanks to my pretty madam of a maid miss mary i hope you feel yourself getting stouter this is sad weather for rheumatism mrs st clair miss gertrude my dear are you well enough but as i was saying i really never was in such a situation in my life before i've been staying for the last week at old general crabtree's poor man the gout really does not improve his temper and the house is small and altogether to tell you the truth i was glad of an excuse to get away so when our friend mr delmore who's there for a day or two on his political purposes proposed sending in his carriage to get something done to the lamps i thought i would just take the opportunity of coming in having a little business of my own at this time but what do you think upon coming to my own house lo and behold it's hard and fast locked up and that light-headed torpee is off to a sick mother or a brother from the sea or some such sham and i'm left to shift for myself without a hole to put my head in if she had had but the sense to have left my key i could have made a shift at that instant miss black's servant entered with a large key bearing to be the key of miss pratt's house which she said had been sent by mrs dunsmore the grocer with whom babby braidfoot had deposited it at her departure that's my key is it asked the owner regarding it with a very bitter look and much the better i'll be of that to be sure taking it with great reluctance i'll find cold quarters there i think for anybody just come off a journey miss black was too sincere to make speeches or express pleasure she did not feel but she took advantage of the first pause afforded by miss pratt to express her wish that she would remain with them and to assure her of a hearty welcome to such accommodation as they had my dear miss black this is really kind a friend in need is a friend indeed well i may say that but are you sure it's not putting you to any inconvenience i know i may depend upon your telling me honestly to be sure nobody need mind me for i thank my stars i'm easily put up i'm not one of those who can only sleep in their own beds i can lie in any bed if it's not too hard and is well made and has plenty of pillows and enough of blankets well since you insist upon it i'll just take the liberty of having my bits of things brought out here they can easily be moved afterwards then my dear to the servant-girl will you just tell the coachman to take out my luggage he must get somebody to help him with the largest trunk and tell him to keep the small one with the right end upmost and do you hear my dear will you take care in carrying up the band-boxes and there's a large green bag see that it's well fastened at the mouth and there's a pair of stout walking-shoes in one of the pockets and my work-bag and a little brown paper parcel in the other and there's a little basket in the corner and that's all well this is really comfortable drawing in her chair for a person just come off a journey taking off her shoes and holding up her feet to the kindly influence of a blazing fire and what's more it is really kind seizing miss mary's hands and giving them a most emphatic squeeze as much as to say and there is your reward the servant now entered to say everything had been taken out and the coachman begged to know if there was any word this miss pratt well knew was in other words craving a douceur 
and she looked a little blank as she answered no word he is just to take the carriage as his master desired him to spring well the coachmakers in the high causeway and show him what's to be done to the carriage and he's just to leave it there and make the best of his way home with my compliments then as if communing with herself if i had been at home i would have given him something this wet day not that he's come so far as to need it for it's but scrimp six miles but to be sure the day's bad miss black here resolved these doubts by giving orders for the coachman to have some refreshment well that is really very humane of you my dear miss black but i've my doubts whether it's right to give other people's servants anything indeed it's a principle with me never to give them money with a look as much as to say am i not right when people give trouble said mrs st clair who was rather in a bad humour and consequently very sensible in her remarks they ought to give something besides i beg your pardon mrs st clair i know many people who set their faces against allowing their servants to take money many they think it makes them greedy and rapacious and i think so too indeed i'm satisfied it's a wrong thing to give other people's servants money but i think i ought to give my pretty light-headed mrs babby a month of the tool booth as a reward for her behaviour dinner which had been retarded by miss pratt's arrival was now announced bless me is it that time of day looking at her watch i declare it's twenty minutes past five and forcing on her shoes you must excuse my sitting down in my pelisse for i assure you i little thought of dining in anybody's house but my own to-day then having taken her station at the table barley broth peeping into the tureen and a very good thing it is when well made and this is very nice clear and strong it's a great favourite of mine miss mary let me recommend the broth to you miss st clair my dear you don't look as if you were hungry that's with not being out to-day i wish anthony white could see you just now for he says an elegant female at dinner ought always to look as if she did not care whether she were eating or not i really think you would please him there i'm sure i seldom care whether i sit down to dinner or not said mrs st clair with a sigh though by the by she generally contrived to pick up the best of what was going my dear mrs st clair did you ever try to go without your dinner i dare say i have frequently i beg your pardon but really i think you must be mistaken there take my word for it nobody that has tried it once will ever try it again i speak from experience i once tried to go without my dinner but i can tell you it was anything but agreeable in short it will not do let people say as they will what nice-looking whitings that's one of mr white's favourite dishes nicely crisp with bread-crumbs and this is a bellevue chucky i'm sure fat and fair i declare it's a treat to me to sit down to such a dinner for i'm perfectly sick of the sight of turtle soup and great fat venison i was really wearying to get to my own house for a little if it was only to refresh myself with a drop plain barley broth and a bit boiled mutton and what a pleasant thing for a few friends to meet this way instead of these great hubble shoes the people one sits down with now where there's no carrying on anything like rational conversation mrs st clair allow me to help you miss mary you're doing very little miss st clair my dear take a little wine with me to cheer you this bad day is this elderflower wine miss black upon my word it's very little inferior to anthony white's frontignac here's a health to them that's the way with a significant look and an attempt at the tune by the by what did you think when you saw mr delmore's carriage stop i doubt you were a little disappointed eh gertrude felt too miserable even to be moved by miss pratt's ill-timed jests and she remained pale cold and silent to attempt to carry on anything resembling conversation in miss pratt's company was impossible yet to endure her idle tattle for a whole evening was a sacrifice too great even for miss black's patience and good breeding it was in vain to have recourse to music 
as she then fastened herself upon some one of the company and carried on her colloquy in loud whispers even more annoying to a nice-toned ear than open declamation the only effectual mode of silencing her then was by reading aloud and although she highly disapproved of that manner of passing the time and indeed remarked what a wearing-out thing it was for the reader and how much easier it was for all parties just to sit and chat yet her objections were politely waived and miss mary taking up a volume of mackenzie read the exquisitely beautiful story of la roche which served as a prelude to the solemn acts of devotion with which the evening closed End of section forty two